Scaring is sharing. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is Scaring is Sharing. Hello. We're here to scare. Share some scares. <laughs> Share some scares with each other, with you. I'm Jeremy Rusk. And I'm Brandy Joe Planback. Hello. And we love horror movies. We have. And we've been talking about doing this podcast for at least a year. Yeah, it's been in the works. So here it is. We're finally doing it. We are. And how do we know each other, Jeremy? Well, uh, my at the time, my girlfriend, then fiance, now wife, yep. uh, went to grad school with Brandy Joe. Yes, Sarah, uh, she's lovely. And you are good friends. Yes, we are very good friends. As soon as we met each other, uh, I don't know how it came up, but it's just we both like horror movies, and that was it. It was. Yeah, I think I think Sarah was like, "You guys love horror, like you can talk." And we every event we ever were at together, that's where we would our conversations would go. Absolutely, because we're both little sick puppies. And that's <laughs> we what are. we're into. We do. We love our horror movies. Um, so tell me, Jeremy, um, what is this podcast essentially going to be all about? Well, uh, the idea is uh, we've both seen a lot of horror movies. It's true. We're discovering there's a lot that the other hasn't seen. So the idea is we each pick a movie for each other to view, and then we're going to talk about it. We are. We're going to share the scares because we're scaring sh- is sharing. Is sharing. That's right. <laughs> the more you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. In the creepiest of senses. Absolutely. So tell me, what do you remember the first horror movie you saw in the theater? No, uh, not necessarily. I, I was thinking, uh, trying to remember some of my earliest horror experiences, though. I do remember, uh, as a kid, The Witches came out. Guess what? Never seen it. Oh, that might be on the list. Uh, with, you know, uh, Angelica Houston in there as the Grand Witch. Uh, and I had to leave the theater. I was so really? scared. My mom had to, we had to leave. We couldn't watch the whole movie. And then forevermore, that was the scariest movie to me, The Witches. I don't know what it is. Something to do with the Jim Henson special effects that are in sure. there for the creatures. Too scary. Now I love it. I love the movie, but it's still like even watching it as an adult. Um, it still activates that part of my brain that's like deeply traumatized by it where I'm like, ah, oh, this is, it's, I know it's puppets, but it still skeeves me out to watch this movie. How are you feeling about the remake that comes out this month on HBO Max? I just watched the trailer uh, and um, it looks fun. I like the actors that are in it. Uh, just, it looks like a cartoon to me. And I think there was something about the Jim Henson, like Muppets, puppets back in the day that it just, have something to them where I'm like, this looks like a cartoon. It'll be fun, but it's not going to be scary like that original movie. Something to practical effects for sure. I haven't watched the trailer. I think I'm going to avoid it. Joe, last night, my husband Joe, he, um, when I mentioned that I hadn't seen the original Witches, he was like, how is that possible? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how I didn't see it. It's Nicholas Rogue too, did the, uh, uh, directed the original. Who's that? Uh, and And he did Don't Look Now. Oh. Yeah. So it's got a certain... It, cool. there's, there's, there's something to that British uh, horror movies of the 70s into like the early 90s. Oh, yeah. Like Don't Look Now at Donald Sutherland and Julie Yes, Christie. yes. Yeah, oh, that's my God. The one. So good. Yeah. They have this very bleak uh, just aesthetic to them. And The Witches very much has a very bleak like Northern European Cool. Yeah, I imagine feel. the new one will not quite be no. like that. Not, not as overbearingly uh, yeah. <laughs> nihilistic, yeah. I think. 
I think the first horror movie I saw in the theater was Pet Cemetery. I was looking Ooh. it up. I was 10. So I saw it twice in the theater as a 10-year-old, uh-huh. which is, just baffles me. It like, went without my parents. And then I also remember trying to go see the Robert England Phantom of the Opera, which I still haven't oh, seen to this day. I've actually never seen that either. I haven't never seen it. That might be a dual viewing. It together. could be. But my friend and I, Justin, we went to try to go see that, but we went to the late show and they wouldn't let us in. And I grew up in Cody, Wyoming. Like for the most part, I don't think they cared if you saw scary movies, but I think there was something to the fact that it was a late night movie that they didn't let us in because we were able to see Pet Cemetery earlier that year. So it doesn't make much sense. But I loved Pet Cemetery. I just mm-hmm. still when I watch it to this day, it's I'm like classic. I, believe I was 10 and went to see that. Now, what did you think of the remake? We went to see that together. We saw it together. It was terrible. <laughs> it I was so bad. I, I was so bad. I couldn't stand it. And like I, Zelda I, wasn't scary at all. And that she was no. the scariest part about the first one. And I didn't like any of the changes they made either. Sorry, people, spoilers if nobody's <laughs> seen this thing. But the fact that they made it not the little kid that dies, like that totally, it you know, yeah. uh, it takes the teeth out of the story. Part of it is the tragedy sure. of a, a, you know, a, a, a child dying. And that's... Yeah, I mean, and here's the... Th- like Hereditary did such a good job and not won't get totally into spoilers, but like- I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Hereditary. You are kidding me. I, I'm not kidding you. It's oh the one everyone yells at me. I've not God. seen it. Jeremy, I cannot <laughs> believe you haven't seen it. Nope. I'm so glad I didn't say more than I did. Don't say anymore. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't believe you have not seen No, it. I haven't seen Hereditary or Midsummer. I, I don't know. There's like something in me that- because I love my 80s. I love my sure. early 90s, you know, older stuff. Uh, so I get really, like, defensive about, like, how can anything coming out now be scary or cool at all? Like, John Carpenter already did everything cool. So, so is there not much in, like, the last 10 years that you love? You know, there's probably something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but nothing that comes right to mind. No, I'd have to think really hard about That's it. That's hilarious because I was thinking about sort of my horror aesthetic and I think more contemporary horror is where my heart lies. Like yeah. some of my all-time favorites are like The Babadook and Hereditary and Oh, The Babadook it is very follows. good. I liked yeah. The Babadook. Uh, you know, because I'm thinking too about like my aesthetic and a lot of it goes back to as a kid, I don't know how it happened. I think they got opened up to like marketing like Doritos and Pepsi had the uh, the classic Universal monsters. Mm. I remember, and I yeah. was like, "Who is this Wolfman? Who is this Dracula?" <laughs> and somehow, because my mom grew up on those movies, and she decided, like, when I'd go to Blockbuster, I'd be like, "I want to see Creature from the Black Lagoon," and so she would let me start renting those old ones, uh, and that gave way to like the classic Godzillas as well. Mm-hmm. And so that was a really early like monster movies became my thing was all that and of course i related to the monster never any of the human characters is always like <laughs> i was like the wolf man gets me i that's what it's like being me is the wolf man well so. and i don't know if they intended that be, when they were made um no. i just watched a lot of like the universal monster movies in march for the okay. first time because when we first met i hadn't seen any of them yeah and they are you know for better or for worse i feel like they're a cornerstone of like you got to see like Frankenstein, the original. And I saw Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, yeah, Creature I, from the Black Lagoon. And yeah, those are all the classics. The Old Dark House or something. Oh, I love the Old Dark House. Oh, it was the least favorite of the. That it's it's, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan. I'm a nerd for James Whale. Okay. Uh, so uh, 
you know, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. He did the original Invisible Man as well. Uh, Love the remake. Love yeah. the remake. But I haven't seen the original. Yeah, the original is, uh, it's, it, it, it is, uh, I know a lot of people argue about it. Is it better than the Frank and, you know, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein? I think it's up there with them. But okay. old, dark, old, old Dark House is definitely an oddity. Uh, but like watching them, I definitely was like, oh, like from a contemporary lens, you can mm-hmm. see the monster as like the other, like, like, you know, um, someone who's from another country, someone who's a little different, like the outcast. That, yeah, the outcast. But I, I'm like, at the time, was that intended or is that just something over time that has come to the forefront? I, I tend to think that's something over time because it seems like, uh, you know, a lot of counterculture stuff, you know, by the time I reached high school as a uh young little wannabe punk kid uh that you know that was big in the punk scene at the time was these counterculture like a lot of people had uh shit with uh lon cheney as the phantom of the opera like t-shirts or like nosferatu and, and then you throw in like of course like charles manson like real life boogeyman like that had a right. iconic nature that you're like i'm another don't get close to me. Like I'm into fucked up shit. So wow. I was born in 79. When were you born? 86. Okay. So like the eighties movies are like, I significantly remember when child's play came out. Like yeah. I remember like so excited. I wanted to see it at the movie theater. I remember seeing the poster and not knowing it had anything to do with the killer doll. Cause it had the building and like the woman falling from it. But I was like, I want to see that. Yeah. Um, and then when the video came out, I remember seeing it at the video store. I definitely remember seeing that when it was brand new. Um, a new release, you know. I remember the trailer on TV. Now that you Do say, you? It. Okay. I remember seeing Child's Play trailers on TV, and uh, Chucky never scared me. That's funny too, because like even thinking back that like dolls were not a thing for me, so I'm like, that looks fun, not, <laughs> not scary. So and it was cool. fun. He seems cool, <laughs> not scary. He's a cool doll. Yeah. Whereas Freddy Krueger, that was like he was horrifying. Yeah, I remember I'd never seen any of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, and my sister told me about the first one. I remember vividly her telling me about how the stairs turned to marshmallow and that he had knives for fingers. But Uh the first one I saw was Nightmare on Elm Street 2. My mom seems to remember that I would um, say I was sick a lot when I was a little kid, so I would stay home and my dad would rent me horror movies. I only remember one time where I faked being sick, but she seems to remember that it happened happened a lot. And I would love to watch horror movies, and that's why I would pretend to be sick. And I remember my dad renting Nightmare on Elm Street 2, which is hilarious now that I'm, you know, a big old flaming queen. My license plate indeed is Scream Queen. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so, fantastic, fantastic. So, and it's not my favorite of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I definitely find it very interesting. I still haven't watched the documentary Scream Queen. I, I haven't either. I heard it's very good though. But yeah, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, it's interesting how it has such a new life. Yeah, uh, it really has. Because it was their like jump the shark moment originally, like really early in the series. But really it was like they fucked up real bad with the yeah. sequel, but now it's uh it's great. I like it. I yeah. like the first I think for me the first three Nightmare on Elm Streets are like pretty uh etched into my mind. Uh I saw I don't remember the first time I ever saw the original. Uh I know Freddy Krueger as a character, my cousin used to collect the, when we were kids, he collected these, like, I don't know if they were Fangoria or something like that. Love Fangoria. Trading cards of iconic, like, horror movies at the time. Yeah. Uh, And he had a bunch of Freddy Krueger, and I just thought Freddy was the 
Ugh, the creepiest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know the concept that he went into your dreams either. Just by appearance, I was like, this guy is horrifying. Uh, and then I saw part of uh, three Dream Warriors uh, on like cable, you know, some afternoon uh, as a kid where, you know, having multiple TVs in the house, the parents didn't know what I was watching upstairs. Uh, yeah. And it was often things I shouldn't be watching. And uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 was one of them. Yeah, I just remember always watching horror. I remember yeah. my, my parents got concerned because I got when I got home from swim practice once, they said we need to talk because there had been like a, whatever it was at the time, like a prime prime time, you know, 2020 sort of special on like real life exorcisms. Uh-huh. And I taped it and like labeled the tape like real life exorcisms. And my parents got really concerned about that. Uh-huh. I just remember them sitting me down. I don't remember the conversation. I don't remember how it was resolved. Um, I feel like they had issues with me watching stuff like that dealt with the devil because I sort of remember waking up early one day and the exorcist was on HBO and my mom didn't want me to watch it. Uh But I think of all the things I did watch and I'm just like shocked. Like I must have been watching horror movies from a very young age. Like I must have been like seven, eight. It's weird too. Like I feel like my parents more policed my music as I got older. <laughs> like they were more concerned by that. That, but again, it 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 was a horror slant because by high school, like Marilyn Manson was like my favorite, uh, like period. And like Rob Zombie and uh, just death metal in general. I had discovered Cannibal Corpse, Napalm Death, oh, all these. I don't know these. All these. All these horrifically, you know, <laughs> horror themed everything. Like they were they were horror movies, but music. Okay. Uh, so I got I got deep into that uh aesthetic and they sound very loud. They're all loud. They're all <laughs> they're all loud and crazy. So uh yeah, it just it was just horror and monsters, everything. Uh even even the other stuff I like, you know, Star Wars is like a huge fandom for me. And but what is Star Wars but a bunch of monsters in outer space like half the time. So like that's that's it. Rubber monsters, uh creatures. I love them. Yeah, I don't really get into sci-fi that much. I've seen um A New Hope. I've seen episodes one, two, and three, and that's it when it comes to Star Wars. Which I actually you know I didn't see three. I saw one and two. And after two, I was like, Yeah, I'm never going back to this ever again. No, those are for the hardcore people. You need to stick with the originals. That's <laughs> I know, really I need all to you see, need. That's I all need you to need. See Return of the Jedi and Jedi or Empire Strikes Back, because I yep. have not. Empire's the greatest of all of them. Hot take. Empire Strikes Back <laughs> better than all the other Star Wars movies. <laughs> Um, so of like, I think the main three like slasher franchises are like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Friday the 13th. Like if you had to choose only one of them to survive, what would you No, choose? don't make me do it. <laughs> um, wait, can I throw Texas Chainsaw Massacre into the You mix? can, yeah, sure. As a fourth. Uh, see, this is the thing. I think my favorite slasher movie of all time, and I'm probably gonna piss some people off, is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. I think that is, even above the original Halloween, I think that's the that's the one, that's the single greatest. Because it's got everything. It predates the original Halloween, and it Halloween kind of just took what Texas Chainsaw had already done. Changed it to suburbia, of course, instead of, you know, a yeah. podunk setting. But um, But as a franchise, as a whole, that's a different story. And for me, I think it comes down to, I love Nightmare on Elm Street, but I think the, the stinkers out of that series, uh, there's, a, there's enough of them that I don't necessarily like fully enjoy the movie. 
whereas in the Halloween series, some of the, I, I still find the really stinky ones super watchable. Um, but now I think I got to go Friday the 13th. Okay. I, just, I loves me some Jason. Uh, I think there's something about his character, you know, uh, he doesn't, he's not a bad guy necessarily, I guess. Those kids let him die. He just wants revenge. You know, there's something, something pure and relatable there. <laughs> but he's not going after the ones who actually let him die. So I think that makes him bad. I guess so. It is just random people. But still, those kids are dumb. Those kids are dumb as hell. <laughs> and I'm in Elm Street. I feel like there's the theme of like the sins of your parents coming back to like haunt you. Like, oh, absolutely. Coming after the, the kids of, you know, the parents who killed him. And Halloween, you know, he's just an asshole. Yeah. Michael he's, Myers, he's, really, he's just he's evil. evil. That's yeah. all it is. But no, Friday the 13th, I feel like I can just watch all of those. And I do like over and over. Like, What's even your favorite of them? My mo ah, um, there's the, the very original, of course, is just, you know, it's one of the greats. Uh, but part two gives you Jason for the first and time. And Ginny. Yeah. Still, she's one of my all-time favorite Scream Queens. I two, love her. I, I get, okay. Eh, I'm, I'm going to toss it up. I'm going to say my favorite is either two uh, or part six, Jason Lives, where he comes. That's, uh, have you seen, you've seen all of them? Yep. Okay, good. Yeah, where he comes back as a zombie for the first time and that that it's it's funny it's fun uh it's got the dude that was also in return of the living dead as uh okay. as, uh what's his face it's never seen me tommy jarvis tommy uh, jarvis who was originally one. Corey feldman originally Corey feldman uh and i would throw f it, it's two i'm gonna say it's a tie between two and six are my favorite from friday the 13th with honorable mention to four with Corey feldman the final chapter because that's just a great slasher movie and six is the one where there's they're digging him up and lightning he comes back to life as a zombie yep. and that's and, how he comes back to life. and that's okay. like the version of jason everybody thinks of as the unstoppable zombie and five home. is the one where he's not jason <laughs> where it's not jason it's fake jason faux jason <laughs> whose idea was that that's hilarious and that is a movie that is so bad i love it because the, <laughs> the plot makes absolutely no sense uh Sorry again, people, spoilers, but the end of the movie, Jason was actually the second ambulance driver. A character, <laughs> a character you spent no time with and have, they throw a ton of backstory at you at the end that was never present in the rest of the movie. So funny. And it makes absolutely no sense. Uh, and it, it's, it's amazing. It um, is amazing. One other thing I think to mention that's of interest is that both of our significant others are not into horror like we are, like not even <laughs> No, not at all. She <laughs> indulges me. We have like some Halloween decorations up. Uh, we'll watch like Hocus Pocus and you know, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas, the easy entry stuff, you know, the, the kitty stuff together. Of course. Do you just watch stuff on your own then or do you get her to watch things sometimes? Occasionally she will come in and catch the end of stuff. Uh, uh, she's been directing some shows uh, and going for rehearsals uh, right now. And usually when I have the house to myself, it becomes time for my monster movies Got for it. the night while she's gone. Lately, I've been doing a deep dive into Vincent Price. So oh. just a, I, it, Vincent Price is maybe my favorite actor of all time, actually. I don't know uh, that I've seen, I know of course who he is and can point yeah. his voice out anywhere, but I don't know that I've seen any Vincent Price movies. There, there's a lot of, a lot of schlock, mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of great stuff. I've been, I had been watching some of the Edgar Allan Poe 
the Roger Corman produced, uh, like Fall of the House of Usher, okay, Pit, Pit in the Pendulum, The Haunted Palace. Uh, so yeah, Sarah would come home and catch the end of these and be watching. She's like, oh, you're watching more Vincent Price. And I was like, yep. <laughs> but occasionally you do get her because I'll get texts from her saying like, oh, we're watching whatever right now. Oh, yep. So, some of the Halloweens here or there. How do you, you know. convince her to do that? Um, a couple of them have just been, she's never seen it and is like, feels she needs to. Okay. Like I have to have seen the original Halloween because everyone has seen that movie. It's such a cornerstone of uh uh pop culture now but other times it's just it's got to be i got to put it on and she'll come into the room and i've already okay. started a movie and be uh-huh. like i'm watching i'm watching this so you have to watch it too <laughs> if you're gonna yeah. stay here you're watching it sometimes i get joe to watch a scary movie like in the past like the Duke, and um there's certain ones that he's intrigued by, like mm-hmm. either from the trailer or something like we went to see It Follows together. I'd already seen it. He was not blown away by it. Um, Hereditary, he could not have hated it more. Oh, geez. Um, but there's certain movies that, like The Final Girls, which is, I think, my all-time favorite horror movie. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I actually really liked that. There's certain ones that I'm like, I think you'll like this. And sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. Well, that movie is just a lot of fun. It Final is so Girls. fun. It's yeah. a great send-up of Friday the 13th, as we were just <laughs> for sure yeah. talking about those. This past week, I got him to watch Your Next. Um, which ah, I love that. So much fun. That's a great movie, too. Like, rewatching it, I think it's probably, like, the fourth time or so I... I fourth time or so that I've seen it. Um, I saw it in the theater and it was a blast. Oh, Every yeah. time afterwards, it's it's pretty fun. Like the lead gal, I think her name's Sharni something. Like she is particularly good. I don't know that everyone else is very good as far as like their acting is concerned. Um, so it doesn't like hold up as well each time I watch it. But of course, you know, it's like a slash or so. It's like home mm-hmm. invasion. It's not going to be great every single time you watch it because a lot of the fun is in the first viewing. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I would take Ready or Not over your next any day that I feel are very similar. Like a family gathering. Yeah. Things go crazy. You have a kick-ass final girl. Mm-hmm. And Samara Weaving is just, she's like the contemporary scream queen right now, I think. Have you seen Ready yeah. or Not? Uh, yes, we did watch that, actually. Uh, did you like something it? Something I actually got Sarah to watch. Uh, I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, gave, I gave it a middle, a middle uh, you know, what, what is the, uh, the joke about Leonard Malton? Everything gets two and a half stars. <laughs> two and a half stars. Like that's, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. But I would watch again. I'll, I'll give it that. If it's on TV, I would leave it on. So what I am gathering from you, you love the the old time slashers. That's what like you kind of grew up with, but you're also a big fan of old school universal monsters. Yeah. Price. Like those really speak to you. I love uh, character monster characters. And I, I was just thinking about this too, because I rewatched uh, house of a thousand corpses the other night, Rob Ugh. Zombie's house of a thousand corpses. Not a fan. Yeah, I figured <laughs> uh, for like the millionth time I've seen it too often. But I think what I enjoy about it uh, is it's just the characters because, you know, you have Captain Spaulding, Sid mm. Haig, like because mm. there's no story there. <laughs> it's not I mean, a movie. It's Texas Chainsaw movie. Massacre ripoff. Is yeah, what it is. it's a movie of no story, just people getting killed. It's just the, the you know, you got a scary clown guy in there and it's like, oh, cool. I can get behind that. Like he says some interesting shit, you know. Uh, I like I like monsters, I guess, that are uh, iconic, if you will, archetypal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I don't, 
I don't need this, but like my, some of my favorite movies are movies that go a little deeper and not that it has to be like, I mean, that's why I do love the Babadook and Hereditary and yeah. It Follows because they have this sort of deeper like meaning to them than just like, you know, some people getting killed or creative murders or crazy guy, or whatever. <laughs> crazy guy. Um, but like I scream is probably definitely another one of my all time favorites. And it, so that there's that similar theme with the final girls that, but it's very meta. It has some fun, but it, that meta quality to it. Yeah. Gives it a little bit more subtle, like it's aware. And so like, I guess clever is kind of important to me. And I mean, if I can get just if the crap can be scared out of me, it's great. But like, I don't know that that happens very often anymore. Yeah. Like it's occasionally like moments in movies, but like as a whole, usually I'm like kind of let down by the acting or the writing was a little subpar or like the character motivation seemed a little weak. You know, it's funny you bring up Scream too, because uh, that's another like, uh, so what was that late 90s? Um, yeah, 96, the first yeah, one came out. Yeah, so I was in elementary school going into, and then into middle school, I guess, when the, the series was like happening uh, and yeah. Scream just became such a thing that everybody knew it. We all saw it. Like, I don't know, it was on TV or something. I think the first time I uh, saw it as a kid and it's just like, it was so instantly iconic. Like it just became a part of everybody's, uh, you know, vernacular, like talking about scary stuff was Scream. And I was Ghostface many years for Halloween. <laughs> uh, I would dress up in a Ghostface outfit and run around. So that was fun. Yeah, it's one of the few horror movies I remember seeing in the theater without having seen the trailer for it because mm -hmm. the internet wasn't huge in 96. Like it wasn't yep. like something you go online and watch trailers. Um, no. I remember a friend telling me about it at a play rehearsal and she was like, oh yeah. And they talk about like, well, you should never run up the stairs when the killer is coming. And like, you see a girl like running up the stairs, like, yep. and that sort of thing. But my sister and I went to see it and I remember watching the first sequence. Like I definitely seen when a stranger calls. So like, I was like, Ooh, it's sort of an homage to that. Um, and then when Steve gets killed, like his, his neck, he like his head drops back and I didn't know if a monster was going to come out of him. Like his something happens with like his Adam's apple, like it uh -huh. just like moves. And I, cause I didn't know what kind of a movie it was. So it was so fun to go into it, not knowing where it was going to go, which is that would be a great movie, a rare thing anymore. Yeah. And I love trailers. I love them, but they do give too much away. Like Joe's really good for, if, if I'm like, Oh, watch this trailer, like halfway through sometimes he's like, okay, um, turn it off. Like, I don't want to see anymore. Like it's shown too much already. And I yeah. like, I wish I didn't like them so much because it would be so much more fun to watch them Cold. totally blind. Yeah. Yep. See, that was a thing too. You, you mentioned uh, the internet not being a place for trailers back in the day. And I did uh, that so often growing up, the internet was just our way to look stuff up and maybe <laughs> see a blurry, like badly pixelated still from the movie. Yep but you would read things about it. And I think that helps a lot of, especially older, like more grindhouse type shit, like the original Evil Dead or the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre take on a larger life uh, in your head uh, yeah. where you're like, this is the most fucked up movie that was ever made. <laughs> and like, I have to see this and it's going to warp my fragile little mind. When I do. <laughs> uh, so that's like a lot of too. Uh, probably by the time I was in high school, I was seeking out, again like texas chainsaw uh i remember getting the original evil dead just on dvd like on a whim and watching it and being like I, you know it's cheesy and ridiculous but at the same time the original does have that 
lo-fi like this is pretty fucked up actually like quality so to it and the first time i watched it i was in michigan so it was within the last yeah. 17 years because of course everyone here talks about it yeah because um, it's from here because it's from sam, here sam raimi yep and and i waited tables on um uh bruce campbell once and like he was a total jerk to me um but i didn't know who he was at the time so i didn't like fangirl over him yeah i hear i hear stories about him <laughs> But the first time I tried to watch it, I was like, ugh, this is lame. And I didn't finish it. And then we were looking at direct doing the musical and I direct all of our fucked up stuff. So I went back to rewatch it after like listening to the soundtrack and like loving it and being like, yeah, we should do this. And then I just loved it so much and watched oh, all yes. of them. And they're yep. just so good. They're so yeah. funny and clever. Yeah, there's something too with the, so that's like late seventies, I guess Texas Chainsaw seventies, you know, don't look now. Uh, yeah again with Donald Sutherland and uh, that was another one that uh, kind of a slow burn movie, but that ending, the ending like, and talking is, about out there like that yeah, is it so throws wild. you for a loop, but it, it's just so fucked up. Uh, yeah. And that was another one of those movies that kind of lived uh, in my brain space, having read about it for a while and then having to seek it out these yeah, seventies, you know, like exploitation uh, horror movies uh, for sure. Uh, don't look now at uh, some of the De Palmas, the early De Palma stuff where uh, Dressed to Kill and Love Dressed to Kill. Sisters, uh, of course, seeing Carrie uh, that played on cable so uh, much yeah. when I was a kid that like these are fucked up movies when you watch them for the first time. So a lot of like the early like anything 80s and before I was introduced to through the movie Terror in the Isles. Did you oh, I, kn I know of it. I oh, know my God. It, it is so I good. Just, I just recently read a thing about it because Scream Factory, the uh, boutique uh, Blu-ray DVD label, they're putting it out uh, on a collector's edition, that it's documentary. It's so good. So. And I watched it so much as a kid. My dad had a, had taped it on VHS. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching it a lot. And like it ends with Leatherface like closing the big steel door like after he kills like the first guy. And yes. that's how like it ends. And I would just sit there like too scared because there weren't remote controls yet for VCRs. And uh -huh. I sat there like too scared to like go up and like turn off the VHS. Uh -huh. But so many of the movies that I later watched and loved a lot of the scenes were in Terror in the Isles and were therefore somewhat ruined because I'd already seen them even without context. Like mm -hmm. Carrie and Dress to Kill were big ones. Yes. Friday the 13th. Um, I, I do feel, I don't know if I've never necessarily seen that movie, Terror in the Isles, but it sounds very familiar seeing the retrospective. Like, um, it, now that I think about it, uh, I can remember my buddy Sean and I, Sean, if you ever hear this, uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> you remember this. Uh, middle school, high school, maybe it was around Halloween and it, what was it, A&E Network did yeah. uh, the 100 scariest movie oh, moments. Yeah. And we sat sat there and watched the whole thing. Uh, yeah. And that's how like he and I, because he is another horror movie dude, especially the older stuff. Uh, and we were just like, we have to see all of these, every single <laughs> one of these movies. Uh, and we, but a lot of the great moments were ruined because they were right there For sure. yeah. on the screen. So we're like, oh, that's how that movie ends. Okay. Terror in the Isles is particularly fun because um, Nancy Allen, right, from Carrie. Yes. And Dress to Kill. She and Donald yeah. Pleasance are the hosts. Oh. So they like, they like sit in a movie theater and like talk about like. Great. And things and then they'll like show the scenes from the I movies. absolutely love Donald Pleasance. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Between Halloween and then his many Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, 
appearances because oh i don't know he actually appeared in those well uh his his stinky movies so in a way he appeared he made a lot (laughs) of really bad movies that ended up on there so a lot of donald pleasance jokes and did you see in the search of darkness on shutter i have not watched that i heard it was great i heard it was great four hours of just like pure joy like it's and the second one is coming out like they couldn't they weren't able to cover everything in four hours so oh the second one that like the cover art just came out for it so fantastic so i'll have to check that one out well yeah maybe that will be a movie yeah you you recommend to me (laughs) so let's get into that so what we're going to do each week is we're going to recommend a movie to the other person that they haven't seen and then we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back. The second part of the episode will be us talking about the movie. Yes. So let's get into it. We've talked enough about yep. some things and we have more time to go. Yep. We'll have some great content here. We hope. Yep. Like you... I almost wanted to change my idea throughout this episode because I had that my what I was going to give you. And I'm going to stick to it just because they say, trust your gut instinct. Yeah. I have like three that I've been cycling through in my brain. I've been trying to pick like what aesthetically summarizes you know what i'm into like what's a great movie to pick so uh we'll have to see what comes out of my mouth here okay well i'll go first um i'm going to i want you to watch housebound housebound okay now tell me what do you know of it if i i actually know absolutely nothing like maybe close to nothing i've seen the name uh i when it came out that was a few years ago, right? Yeah, maybe within the last five years or so. Okay, I remember it getting rave reviews uh, from the uh, horror blogs and things like that, the blogosphere of, you know, uh, the various, who is it? Dread Central, Bloody Disgusting, places like that. A lot of, just the headline though of like, Housebound's a great movie. That's all I've ever seen. <laughs> like, huh. And then seen it on Netflix and been like, huh, maybe I'll watch it. And then never clicking on it. I think it's about ghosts. Okay. That's all I, <laughs> that's all I know about it. And I, based off the title, what else do you think will I be think it's. I think it's ghosts that are stuck in a house. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think it's about. That sounds really exciting. <laughs> yeah, it sounds fantastic. It sounds like another movie called House, and another movie also called House. Uh, so you know, I've not seen the um, the Asian House, which yeah, I the, ja- the Japanese, the Japanese it, it, one. It's a giant head fuck. Uh, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. I feel like I should have watched it when I still smoked pot, but um, but you know, <laughs> you know. I, I think you could watch it totally sober now and still feel like you had smoked pot because well, maybe you it's, might. Just it's have that. To- Give it to it's, me. I might give it to you. It's that weird. Uh, okay. It, it's it's strange, but uh, yeah, no, I don't know All anything right, cool. about Housebound. Well, Housebound is is my choice for you. That's what I'm gonna share for you. Maybe there's a twist in there, and the binding is actually some like S and M stuff. I'm hoping <laughs> like some Hellraiser shit going on in there, not just Ooh, they're stuck yes. in the house. Yes. But Uncle Frank uh, is so hot. I love him. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> with his skin on. With his skin on. With his skin on. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. a daddy, isn't he? Yeah, he totally uh, is. For for me, uh Hellraiser 2 when uh what's her face comes out of the mattress. Yes. Skinless. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw mom. Yeah, I saw that too young. Caught it on cable, of course. Like that that's a big one too. Hellraiser. Saw those on cable as a kid. Sci-fi yeah. channel would play them ad nauseum. They must have been cut to shit on cable. Well, the at least the sexual stuff. A lot of the violence was still like 
That's crazy. There, which is crazy that they could leave that in. That's yeah. uh, thanks, America. We don't care <laughs> being skinless people. But, but yeah, when she came out of the mattress and she does the dance, uh, it made a lot of weird stuff go on in my brain as a kid. <laughs> I'm like, this is like so fucked up, but it's kind of like sexual in a way. Like I don't know what is happening here. So uh, yeah. Anyway, Housebound. Yeah, that's it. yours. Uh, I want to give you. I'm just going to stick with my original, which was going to be The Return of the Living Dead. All right. Which I just think is a great summary of not even just movie stuff, but just shit I'm into in, in general. <laughs> so uh, what do you know about it? Do you know anything? Do you? Um, have- I mean, I don't know if it's a direct correlation to Night of the Living Dead or just uh, play off the name. Oh, you'll find out. <laughs> and, and I have a lot of info for you later I mean, about, about okay. that. I know that there's zombies. I know that there's the line like, brains, like need more brains or some, something about brains. Okay. Um, I, Joe is very shocked I've never seen this movie because I haven't. He's uh-huh. even seen it, which is a rare thing that he's seen a horror movie that I haven't. I do know that. It's just a lot of fun. I, in my mind, from based on the poster, like it's from that sort of like 80s punk era is what I believe. And I think there's going to be like some punk involved. And I don't know if it's like some sort of 80s contemporary take on Night of the Living Dead, like with some sort of like punk rock vibe. That's what I'm, I'm thinking is going to be in there. You know, you'll have to watch and see. I'm super excited because yeah, it's one that I, I can't believe is not checked on my list of things that I've seen. So I hope you'll like it. I'm because I I've absolutely it's like one of my all-time favorite movies period period so you will period uh <laughs> so you'll know uh yeah so if you don't like it it'll deeply offend me and this podcast <laughs> might be over before it even got going <laughs> dead in the cradle all right well cool well let's we'll take a break and we'll come back and um we'll talk about what we thought about these movies that we used to have not seen and now we can say we have fantastic all right we'll see you soon don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos more creative and we have watched the movies yes we're back what's up we missed you (laughs) hey jeremy What's What's up? up? (laughs) (laughs) So did you watch your movie as assigned? I did watch. I watched Housebound and I have to say I fucking loved Housebound. So good. And for everybody, again, this is the movie Housebound. Uh, 2014 is the year it came out because there's a couple others out there, but specifically. Yep. This is the 2014 one. Um, I do want to say we're doing spoilers. So I don't want, yes. yeah, just warning. If you are coming into this thinking, <laughs> you know, I don't know what you'd be thinking, but watch these fucking movies first and then listen to this, I guess. But here we go. I'm going to launch into it. Do it. Uh, I got thoughts. Okay. Uh, so sorry if I'm bulldozing you here, but I just got no, thoughts on No, this. I say get your thoughts out of the way first. Let's do so it. So I loved going into this having no idea what it was about. Uh, I think that was perfect for this movie. Totally. Um, as soon as it started and I saw a New Zealand film board, I got <laughs> super excited. Because I bet you have a boner for Peter Jackson. Absolutely. Because I was like, oh, because New Zealand horror, you know, they have their own little thing going on down there. And it's all good. Like everything I've ever seen. They love their good. humor. Yeah. Because Peter Jackson's early work, Bad Taste, Dead Alive, you know, those are great. 
uh, there's this one flick called Black Sheep. I, I wrote it down like I wrote other New Zealand horror films and Black Sheep and I have yes. not seen Bad Taste and I haven't seen Meet the Feebles, but I think they're all in a very like comedic horror vein. Yes, yeah, they are. Yeah, Black Sheep, of course, is, you know, uh, not the Chris Farley one. It's a different movie. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. It's about like killer sheep. Yes, it's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, and there was another one. Oh, Deathgasm. I was just going to say that. Deathgasm is so good. Like, death by, like, sex toys, that's, like, one of the best scenes. Yeah, I fucking love Deathgasm. And I'm a metalhead, too, so it spoke my language. And, of course, what we do in the shadows. Oh, yes. I, I totally didn't even think about that. And that is just, like, that's now the king of New Zealand horror. But I saw New Zealand. Yeah. I'm like, it's going to be good. It's going <laughs> to be funny. Uh, it starts... Uh, you know, uh, okay, she's on house arrest. You know, I thought that was, I love the main character, Kylie. She's such a badass. She's one of the main reasons I love it. I love yeah. a strong ass female. Absolutely, and I love that she starts off uh, a hard to like, and then the movie. You know, uh, and it, of course, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but it, it seems like a ghost movie, uh, and that was. Half, about halfway through, I'm like, this is going to be some Scooby-Doo shit where it, there's no, going to be no ghost at all. Uh, and instead it was Eugene. And I fucking loved Eugene. Like, as soon as I saw him, that was a, uh, I want to do that as a Halloween costume now. He's so striking as soon as he shows up. He's a little newt from People Under the Stairs. I was going to say, too, this movie reminded me a lot of, okay, when it was still a ghost movie, it was reminding me a lot of a flick called The Innkeepers. Not a fan, but yes, I've seen it. Uh, and uh, that, you know, the vibe of the whole, like, sure. we're, we're investigating. And I loved Amos. Oh, like, my I, God. Yeah. I, I really connected with him because I, too, am obsessed with ghosts, Bigfoot, UFOs. I used to do ghost hunting with my friends. So as Amazing. Soon as, he, as soon as he came in and was like, oh, we got to do some EVPs and we're going to do all this shit. I'm like, I know exactly what he's talking about. This is great. <laughs> I that's how I would be in this situation. But yeah, loved all the characters. Uh, it was just fantastic. I mean- The mom, uh, the mom is- The mom is great. Okay. Yeah, she was hilarious. Every character really, even the creepy neighbor that turns out to just be like a creep, like a normal creep, not a bad creep, just a normal creep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everything uh, uh, added up to a really, cause sometimes, you know, uh, I like that, because a lot of horror comedies either lean one way or the other, uh, and you're kind of like, either it's too much horror, and you're like, what was the point of even trying to be funny because none of it hit home? Or it's the other way, and it's so comedic that it's just a parody or satirical. But I think this had a great balance of both, where you know the funny stuff was funny because it was just really good character development and great character moments. Uh, but the scares, uh, for some reason, my wife decided to watch this with me, I told her she should. She asked. And she <laughs> screamed so loud at the scene where the hand grabs her leg. <laughs> Did she like it, though? I Yeah, she said she enjoyed it. I don't think she liked it as much as me. But <laughs> I think she was a bit scared. Uh, she doesn't do ghost stuff. So I think she was a bit scared when she thought it was a ghost movie. And then when it, uh, uh, you know, uh, switched tracks, it became a little more palatable. It's one my husband loved, so I thought that she probably would enjoy it. So I encouraged her to watch it with you. 
Oh, that's great. Uh, she did just come in and stare at me angrily too that I was talking about her. So. It's going to happen. It's going to yep, happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, it's it, what the director, his name is Gerard Johnstone. Um, mm-hmm. And he's has this quote where he says, um, when, when writing the script, he wanted Kylie, the lead, the lead gal, to be someone that didn't scare easily. And that way, when she does finally fall victim to fear, it's much more palpable. And I love that. I love that she does come into it like she's so cynical. And I love that she has to grow on you. And I love that she has such like a, a, a shift. I mean, it, that's another thing that I think it's a really, really great about the movie is that there is, um, Fangoria had this review where they said that it neatly carries some universal ideas about throwing away childish indignation and rebellion and getting to know your parents as people with pasts and personalized, not just nagging overseers. That's uh, that's really good. And like, I'm like, thank you, Fangoria. Yeah, absolutely. That's really, Cause that's how the movie felt too. Cause I find myself like, as time has gone on, of course, I'm in this, you feel this transition period where it used to be I related to the kids and now I'm like, they're fucking idiots and I can't stand them. And now I relate to everybody's parents or the, you know, quote unquote, lame adults in the movies. But I'm like, no, they're right. They're reasonable. Uh, And it's really funny to (laughs) see that done well, like here. And I think the reason I wanted it to be my first movie is because it does have that perfect balance of humor and scares, which to me is like one of my favorite things. Yeah. Sometimes I'm fine if it goes more funny than not, but like if it's a perfect blend, like I'm in heaven and I just, I, and it also has characters that you love. Like you just love the mom so much from the time she like bursts into the scene. Yes. Like her first moment. Literally crashes into the scene. (laughs) Literally crashes into it. And then Amos you love and you love, um, you love the, 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 the like stepdad. I, they don't really get into it too much, but I think that Graham is like her stepfather. Yes. Is like what I gather. And yeah, he's yeah. such like a quiet, like he's such a good foil to the mom, like just because he's so quiet Absolutely. and gentle. And, um, and yeah, it's just such a lovely, lovely movie. It is. I love the scene too. I think my favorite scene in the whole movie is when Amos slaps uh, Kylie and tells her stop start thinking about other people for once. Uh, yeah. Like, yes, that's what I wanted to do to her this whole movie. <laughs> Cause that's been the problem up to that point. And I think that that's a great, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's literal. I mean, she's getting slapped in the face. Totally. But that's when, that's when she wakes up for the rest of the movie. Then she's yep. switched gears into, okay, I got to figure this shit out uh, and help people out. And it's like, it, it's just a great transition from, her of the first half of the movie uh, where she's a shitty person <laughs> and then the second yeah. half where she becomes the hero. Uh, and it's just great. And the director said he was inspired after watching Ghost Hunters, um, but yeah. then he wanted to include some like Haunted House movies like The Changeling and The Legend of Hell House, which I've never seen The Legend of Hell House. And it's been a long time since I've seen The Changeling. So I need to rewatch that. Yeah, I've, uh, I don't think I've ever seen The Changeling all the way through. Oh, wow, okay. I know, I know random scenes. Uh, the, the bouncing and, ball. Yeah, of course. And George C. Scott's in it. You know, yeah. that's like, that's what jumps to mind when I think about <laughs> it. But I should watch that all the way through again. Um, but yeah, the, the ghost hunters thing, I really liked that moment uh, w- when she discovers her mom is calling into the talk show. Yeah, uh, the I late love night, that. The late night AM talk show about ghosts. 
Uh, and again, that's another thing I just related to really hard because I used to listen to uh, Coast to Coast AM. Uh, for anyone that knows, that's the famous, uh, it, it's been on for decades, but it's an AM talk show uh, that just talks about aliens and ghosts and <laughs> anything awesome. weird. Yeah. And they just let, they've always done open lines. So it's always like some real interesting people would call in and tell their stories. So I think that moment, uh, it, it just gave me the warm fuzzies, <laughs> you know, seeing that scene where I was like, Oh yeah, I know all about that. Uh, <laughs> I know all about that world. In 2015, they talked about a remake. Like it's on like the Wikipedia page and oh, you can I find saw a couple that. other places. But but like nothing's ever come of it. And I'm so Good. okay with that. Don't yeah. touch it. Hollywood, yeah. leave it the fuck alone. It's fine the way it is. Yeah, they probably put like Emma Roberts in it or something, and I would just vomit. Yeah, and it'd be fucking terrible. Yeah. Uh sorry, getting real blue here, but you know, <laughs> I just have a lot of feelings about this movie. And it has a really good on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 95 percent fresh rating from critics and from audiences it's has a 73 percent. so that's certifiably fresh i do believe it is that's, that's like beyond fresh. that's like real good most movies yeah. don't get that high so yeah kudos to you housebound heck yeah so there's um a scene with like a creepy teddy bear um so oh i, I forgot like, all about that <laughs> yeah that thing and then was it kind awesome. of com comes back with like teddy ruxpin yeah like, on acid <laughs> touch my fanny pack that was like my favorite Oh, it's so weird. It was awesome. So out of five creepy, like burnt up, melted teddy bears, how many would you give this film? I would give this movie, and I struggled about this. I was thinking about it earlier. Because uh, I, for some reason, the number that popped in my head initially was four and a half. Uh, because I feel like for some reason I'm, limiting myself here like why what 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 knocks it down half a star uh i can't really think of anything so i'm gonna give it five wow uh, oh, you know I'm, what all right i'm going five <laughs> uh because i was like what what am i detracting i don't know i loved everything about it so it's getting five five creepy teddy ruxpins well good oh five creepy teddy i'm gonna give it four and a half and i think just because it's very it's a real rare thing that i give something five stars so i do love this love this love this but I just, it takes something super special for me to give it a full five. Ah, uh, tough crowd. <laughs> Nothing's perfect. Well, yeah. very few things are. My, my friends have often accused me of loving everything too. So <laughs> you'll find I'm generous with my scoring. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm so uh, glad you liked it. Yes. You know what? I, I, that was another thing too. Um, uh, backtracking a little bit because yeah the first half I was saying the ghost stuff kind of reminded me a little bit of the innkeepers or some indie like ghost flick like that but then when it switched gears it reminded me a lot of people under the stairs meets yep. the the burbs uh, which I've not seen which you've not seen which you've talked about <laughs> so I was like I wanted to talk about the burbs some more but I'm not going to because <laughs> that's on your list and that might happen at some point soon for so. sure I've got to see uh, it but yeah love this movie Great, great, re great recommendation. Great recommendation. Well, let's move on to your recommendation, Return of the Living Dead. The Return of the Living Dead. One of my all-time favorites. Well, I've got so. to tell you, Jeremy, I don't want to disappoint you. Oh, no. So I'm not going to because I loved that. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that would be the case. I love a good fake out. Good. Good. <laughs> oh. um, it was so much fun. 
I just, my favorite character for sure is Action, who for before I knew her name, I called her Fuchsia, which is mm-hmm. the chick who gets naked in the cemetery and spends a good portion of the movie naked, or at least yeah. pantsless. Yes. <laughs> she and, had some of the best lines. And that was uh, Linnea Quigley. Okay. Uh, the Scream Queen, also of Night of the Demons. Oh, is um, she Angela? Uh, she's the chick that, uh, uh, the ditzy, the ditzy one. Oh, the one who puts um, the lipstick in her nipple? Yeah, she, she's got the, the scene where she's bent over in the uh, convenience store and the dudes are ogling her. I watched it all the way through finally recently, but not recently enough that that actually is standing out. But, but she does a lot of horror movies with, you know, using her sex appeal. She used her sex <laughs> as a weapon in a lot of movies, so. Yeah, no, she had some good lines when she's like... Um, do you Someone think said, about what death? A- yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and she said, yeah, so fuck off and die. Oh, wait, do you like yeah. sex with death? Yeah, so fuck off and die. And also yeah. someone said, man, what a hideous, ugly space. And she said, I like it. It's a statement. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So tell me more about okay, what you um, thought of this. I loved it all. I'm not Good. like huge into zombie movies. I probably enjoy them more than I enjoy werewolf or vampire movies. Those... I don't watch a lot, like I don't, I'm not drawn to vampire and werewolf movies. When I am, it's usually something a little different, like Let the Right One In, um, okay. like something like that, like a little bit of a different sort of genre. And with zombies, I don't, I'm also not initially drawn to them. Like I'm not like, oh, I gotta go see like all the old zombie movies. Like I, no, I love Night of the Living Dead. I've seen it many times. Yeah. Um, but I just, for some reason, never watched this. I remember it coming out in the 80s, Mm-hmm. I, I just remember seeing it in the video store. Once I looked at like some of the, I pulled up like the video, the poster art, and then right next to it was Return of the Living Dead Part Two, which that poster artwork also mm-hmm. is very vivid in my memory with like the, yes, the creepy cloud, cloud. Yeah, yeah, with like the face. And I was like, oh my God, that really takes me back to all the time I spent in a video store looking at, yes. you know, the different videos. Absolutely. But, and I just, I, what I really loved about it was when it starts and they start talking about Night of the Living Dead, which I know we talked yes. about before when yeah. I'm like, I don't know if it directly correlates or not. Yeah. Um, and I love that it kind of turned that on its head. It's like, that movie really exists in this movie, but they're like, they just had to fictionalize things because mm-hmm. it was a real thing. So there were things that happened in that that were different here. And I love that. Like the zombies were fast and you couldn't kill them just by like, like putting something through their brain. Like I just mm-hmm. loved that there were differences to like the mythology of what a zombie is. Yes. Um, compared to like the original source material. Yeah. It was so cool. Absolutely. I know it, it's um, the Night of the Living Dead angle too. I have a story from what I've put together from listening to stuff and reading stuff about Tell this, which is, which is so this movie was originally conceived by Joe Russo, uh, who was George Romero's uh, production partner on the original Night of the Living Dead. Oh. Uh, and at some point they were talking about sequels I don't know if this became an actual like court case or anything legal, but they had a split uh, from each other as a production team and then kind of decided like, I'm going to do my own zombie thing and you're going to do your own sequels. Uh, but Rusto got the rights to use of the living dead. 
And that okay. is why Romero's movies go Night of the Living Dead. And then the sequel is Dawn of the Dead instead of Of the Living Dead. Because oh, wow. Russo got that. Uh, in the divorce. In the divorce. And he didn't necessarily, I, I, I think, I might be totally wrong, but this is what I, just years of reading stuff and putting it together uh, on the internet and wherever else. Uh, he didn't like the direction that Romero had gone with his movies, the sequels. So he was going to do something different. Hence, Return of the Living Dead. It was supposed to be a return to the original movie. Uh, and it just sat in development hell forever. Uh, I was rereading some stuff on Wikipedia uh, that said that Toby Hooper was attached at one point to direct this, but hmm. uh, he left. And then it went to, and then it's the movie it is today, the movie that is amazing because Dan O'Bannon got a hold of it. Uh, and he was a screenwriter. Uh, he wrote Alien, the original Alien. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And I, blanking right now some other horror movies but a very good screenwriter because he took it and he punched it up and he's the one that added all the humor uh and all the sat and made it and he directed it too uh and uh, apparently he was the kind of director too that had his vision and he wouldn't budge with the studio they didn't want it to be too funny they didn't want punks in it for some reason he decided it would be good to use an actual subculture and they did a legit job of capturing like authentic punk rock like 80s yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, I read a thing, too, that said they actually wanted to use real punks at one point, but none of them could act, so they had to get <laughs> actual actors and just dress them up. But I bet they just loved, like, the like I bet the younger generation going to watch us at the theater just loved that it had this, like, contemporary, like, punk music in it. Yeah, I feel like, too, so this, like, my personal history with this movie, too, uh, was uh, I saw this as a kid, middle school or high school, I caught it on cable somewhere. Uh, and it just ripped my fucking head off, man. Like, you know, uh, it was just, you know, no pun intended, but uh, it was, <laughs> I was, I was like, what the hell is this? It's so cool. It sat in my brain. It was one of those movies too, where I didn't know the title of the movie I was watching. It sat in my brain for a while where I'm like, there's this crazy zombie movie uh, where they want to eat brains and you know, it's got cool music and these crazy punks in it. And I didn't know what it was for years uh, until I think when I was in college and you had more access to stuff, you know, internet and whatnot. I was like, oh, it's Return of the Living Dead. Um, and by that time I discovered there was like a whole cult for this movie, you know, uh, and, and definitely in the punk rock scene. I uh, bet, yeah. At least when I was actually like going to local shows, you know, and actually somewhat involved in the scene. Uh, when I was younger, that it was a, it was a, that movie was part of the language everybody spoke because everybody had seen it. The, one of the coolest shots is when the rain starts to come down and then it like go like you go down into the grave and you like yeah. go down in the dirt and everything. It's just like so cool. And it it's also got like the opening, uh, however long when uh, what's his I can't remember the actor's name. He's Tommy Jarvis and yeah, Friday yeah. the Thirteenth Part Six. When he first gets his job uh, and he's there with, uh, it's Clue Gulliger is... Uh, uh, Frank? Bert. He's Bert. Bert. Oh, Bert. He, he, was the he was the dad in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Oh my God, you're right. Yes, and uh, he is a long time, you know, he was like a cowboy actor. Uh, okay. You know, one of those, he'd done like, you know, 200 movies kind of uh, character actors. Uh, and then James Karen. 
uh, was Frank, uh, another veteran character actor that is just so know, good. He was in Pol- he was in Poltergeist. He was the uh, the uh, when uh, uh, Craig T. Nelson's yelling at him. You moved the headstones. Oh, you didn't move yeah. the bodies. Yes, that that was James Karen. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Uh, and he's another just fantastic. They're so good, and they're a couple of guys that. I don't think we're, you know, they didn't really do horror movies much. Uh, and I don't know where that casting idea came from to get like, let's get really good character actors to fill <laughs> in. And then Ernie, of course, at the uh, the mortuary. So uh, good. Another, another uh, great just character actor thrown in there where it's like they really fleshed this thing out. The person I disliked the most was Tina. She was just annoying. I think that yeah, was her. Yeah, yeah, she's yes, yeah, she's really one-dimensional, unfortunately. She's so like, annoying. In a movie where everybody else has like so many layers for just a B, you know, zombie movie. Uh Yeah. Everyone's so fleshed out. And I love uh of course the the iconic character I'll say is uh suicide. Uh you know, uh wax and poetic there you think this is a costume it's a way of life (laughs) it's like one of the best moments in there yeah it's amazing and i love like back when things were they still kept it simple you know it could be a little cheesy but there wasn't cgi i loved like the that first zombie i think they call him like tar zombie or tar tar man tar man thank you tar man like that yeah he's like uh he's a mascot for the series he's appears they made a bunch of sequels. He appears in every single one of these movies. He just he has did. such a cool look. He yeah, because he's it probably so is a person, right? It's a person, but yeah. it doesn't look like it. Like it looks like it. It's just it's such a cool, cool. Oh look. yeah, he's distinct. That's part of two. Uh, the first time I ever saw this movie, like burned into my mind that character design because it's just so creepy and jarring the first time you see it. Um, and then the brains thing. This is the first movie, as far as I know where zombies specifically eat brains. I wonder that, because as you look at the IMDb connections, which is always something fun to do, to be like, where is this spoofed? Where is this referenced? Yeah. And it's just like one after the other. It's like in this one, you know, they say brains, and it's all based on this movie. Like it really did. Yeah, because everything before, I'm pretty sure was just, they just ate people. They were just cannibals. This was specifically, they want the brains and that's it. And I don't know if it's intended, but when they have that woman zombie tied up and they're asking, they're questioning her. Yeah. Like, I found it sad. Like when she's like, it eases the pain of being. Oh dead. my God. Yes. Yeah. Like it's... I'm like, is it supposed to make me kind of sad? Cause I definitely am feeling for her. <laughs> yeah. I feel for the zombie. It's kind of like Frankenstein's monster, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's like, Oh, so sad. I like them. <laughs> I just want them to be happy too. And it has this similar dark ending tonight of the living dead. I mean, it's yeah. not racially charged, but it's just in this like, way of like oh that's where the problem is well it doesn't matter if we're gonna kill a lot of people we gotta just nuke them very cold war you know yeah. 80s yeah but then of course like it leads way for that sequel because it's we know what happened previously is like once you burn them it just goes up into the rain and it just causes they're they're back they're back yeah <laughs> and i do love that the the army's contingency plan was to nuke kentucky <laughs> at the end, i feel like you know that's not a half bad idea no, i'm sorry no. i'm sorry i'm kentucky. sure we won't have a lot of kentucky listeners no, but perhaps. you're maybe maybe one day but if you're out there write to us please <laughs>
Scaring is sharing at gmail.com. That's right. Defend your state from <laughs> nuclear Armageddon at the end of Return to Living Dead. So I'm not always super good at this aspect of things, but since you know this movie so well, like what are some of the deeper meanings in it in regards to like the punk scene and the like what what is it saying? Yeah, I think and I, I, I myself don't really know other than what I would like extrapolate from what I've seen and when this came out. Uh, I mean, the eighties, you know, uh, the hardcore scene uh, in punk rock was uh, ebbing and flowing at that time. And that's definitely what they're playing off of. Uh, the soundtrack of the movie too had like the cramps in there. Grave 45, they did that uh, main song. Do you want to party? That one. <laughs> uh, and they were kind of a... Uh, crossover band from punk into goth when goth actually started becoming a, its own distinct uh, subculture. But yeah, I think it was just a movie of the moment. I think they wanted to pick something that was hip, uh, but doing it in a wise way, uh, like in a smart way. Like, let's pick something that's authentic and cool to the kids right now to give this some edge. And that's, you know, punk rock. Uh, and I think a lot of it is just so... Uh, tied into the whole fuck the man kind of uh because there's that great moment too where uh they're going to get their buddy from the medical supply all the other punks they're like he got a job what a dick uh and it's just like yeah it's just so authentic to the punk kid kind of just any authority is bad you know uh they're just messing around they go to the cemetery and they just hang out in the cemetery which i'm like that's such a teenage punk ass thing to do and i guess the Um, whole like send more cops and then, like, they're just, like, killing just the cops as they yeah, come. It's I guess all there just, is something to that, like, that fuck the man sort of aspect. I think there's a big anti-authority message to this. And Dan O'Bannon, knowing his, more about the man himself that, you know, wrote and directed this movie, uh, he he was a very uh, anarchi- anarchistic kind of, like, person. Like, he had a wicked sense of humor. I mean, look at Alien, uh, which does have its funny moments but it's very dark and twisted and that's yeah. just the kind of guy he was so like when you dig more into his filmography you find that uh over and over he's kind of just a kind of a crazy uh uh alternative out there kind of dude uh now i know that there's like a return of the living dead like three and i think maybe even a four yeah so part two uh which if you haven't seen part two, I might recommend that to you at some point as well, because it's right. not, it's different, uh, but I think it's a fun companion piece uh, to the first one. Cause it has a lot of the same crew, different director, different writer, I think, but it was the same production company, same crew put it on some of the same actors even. Yeah. Isn't that Tommy Jarvis guy? Isn't he in it and playing a different character? Yeah. He's playing a different character. <laughs> That's Cause great. It's, it, they, they, the first movie is kind of a spoof of Night of the Living Dead, uh, and then its sequel, Return of the Living Dead Part Two, is kind of a spoof of the first Return of the Living Dead. Kind of like uh, Evil Dead Two. Yeah, making fun of their own movie. Uh, but then three got a different production team involved entirely, uh, and so it has like nothing to do with the first two at all. Uh, and then there was a couple of Sci-Fi Channel produced. <laughs> oh, good sequels. Uh, that what was one of them's like rave to the grave (laughs) it takes place at a rave and everyone becomes (laughs) zombies so i've not seen uh all of them so i can't 
vouch for the quality. I'm sure it goes downhill quickly. But I can assume it's not the best. I know the third one when I saw the cover art, I remember like it's like a girl and she has like little, like it's not quite Freddy Krueger hands, but she yeah. has like little claws, like little metal claws on yeah, her hand. Part three is kind of a romance movie. Oh, how sweet. Because the dude's girlfriend dies and, you know, she comes back as a zombie or something oh. like that. I don't know. I have not seen that movie since, I, again, I was a kid, so I don't remember it very well. But but I love this. Um, let's see. What what should I gave you your rating um, item for Housebound. So, what would you say here? Out of five zombie paramedics. Oh, nice. What, what would you give this flick? I would give it four. And I probably would give it more if I like saw it when it came out and I was like, wow, this is so hip and cool. Yeah. I definitely appreciate it. And I had a lot of fun. Um, I'm sure I would have more fun like if I was still a stoner. Like I bet I would have even enjoyed it even more. <laughs> <laughs> Altered states of mind. Uh, yeah, this is one of those movies you could throw on at a party. I was surprised how much I liked it for sure. Oh, I good. didn't go into it thinking I was going to dislike it, but I just had never had a desire to watch it. Like, again, I'm not drawn to zombie movies. I'm not a punk as much as like, I maybe wish I was somewhere in my mind, but uh-huh. like it, I had so much fun and I'm like, this is, it would be a great like party movie. Like, you know, you're hanging out with all your friends and oh, especially absolutely. back in 85 or whenever it came out, like it just would have been so much fun. And it's funny too, uh, how, oh, of course I give this five stars. I was just going to ask, and I, I was going to imagine that's probably what you would give it. Five zombie paramedics. In fact, <laughs> set more paramedics because I want to give it more stars. <laughs> but it's, it's just, it, this to me, I, I tried to think of a movie, and a horror movie too, that really summarizes everything I love. And this is really one of them. It's got awesome music, punk rock attitude. I love zombies. Uh, I, I, for some reason I was a zombie, uh, I, I was in zombie denial for a long time. I think it was oh. just because they started making so many zombie movies again. And I spent years being like, zombies aren't that cool, whatever. And then just <laughs> not realizing that like, I watch every fucking zombie movie that comes out practically. And they are, uh, you know, and I was all about walking dead for a long time. And it's just, I'm into the zombie thing. I, it seems like a, it's like an old friend, just <laughs> an old cold friend, an old cold friend returned from the grave uh, every time. It's just something reassuring about because I think zombie movies, even this one, even though it changes its rules, they function on rules and there's something safe and fun about that where you're like, there's got to be there's mechanics to how this all works. And if you try to figure it out. Uh, it just, well, you usually die, but uh, it, it still makes for a good movie to watch. But I was surprised at how well I think these two work together. Watching how so? Back to back. Uh, like the humor? In, the humor, I think, is the fact that they're both movies that take a genre. So the Haunted House movie or the uh, zombie movie uh, and turn them into a satire and really kind of make fun of but in a loving way those Def, tropes like a love letter of sorts it's to, a lot yeah absolutely yeah. both of them i feel are love letters to their respective haunted house and zombies uh and i was like wow this was a pretty good pairing actually it wasn't too jarring tonally uh different eras of course but uh similar attitude i feel to both of them and you know i also feel that i would probably think of return of the dead a little more highly if 
I had seen it pre Shaun of the Dead and pre like so oh, many yes. movies like within the last so 10 many yeah since Scream where everything is kind of like funny and a little meta like ever since Scream it's like so many horror movies are like that and yes. I just feel like it definitely was way ahead of its time in that way and probably at the time was very like wow this is like this is so much fun it's hilarious and it's also got some great gore and uh, some good scares like I think that that's really cool. Yeah, I think, I don't know for sure, but I feel like I'd read somewhere contemporary audiences uh, when it came out were kind of confused by Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> like, because there wasn't that vernacular yet for the meta, the satire thing uh, in a way that people were really getting it yet. You know, uh, so I think it came out and they're like, what the fuck is this? It's not actually <laughs> scary. Uh, what's with all the jokes in here i guess it's weird uh and funny but it it built as a cult movie it's definitely like a midnight uh midnight movie in the truest sense yeah so this month we've got to go to the drive-in at some point together you and sarah went already right yes we did uh and that was uh not yet i want to go to the horror you know I want to see the late night horror show drive-in, of course. But Did you see like Jurassic Park or something? No, we saw the new Bill and Ted. Oh, uh, and, okay. And that was all my choice because uh, I am a big fan of Keanu Reeves and a big fan of Bill and Ted. So I've never seen any of them. Oh my God. We might have to, well, I, <laughs> for, we'll save that for a different podcast. So. <laughs> But yeah, we'll have to go this month. For uh, sure. Especially if I keep checking the listings and they're re-releasing everything. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street's playing, the original Scream is playing. Yeah. Uh, they're bringing out the Halloweens. It, yes. It's getting, it's getting good. It's getting ooky and spooky at the drive-in. Yeah, heck yeah. I love it. Well, cool. Well, this was a blast. And um, absolutely, thank you, thank you for your awesome choice of film. You too. I hope next installment yes well is, is good we'll be back i don't know at this time this is our first one we don't know if we're gonna do bi-weekly weekly so yeah we don't know next when we come back we're gonna have a couple more movies i guess that's right and um please check us out on instagram scaring is sharing or send us an email um tell us movies you'd like us to to, to cover or that you're wondering if we've seen or not seen um what you thought of us, how much you love us, hate us. We want it all. We Absolutely. Br bring Please. on the hate mail. I'm That's fine right. That. I'll take it on. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, um, keep sharing your scares. And watch more horror movies. That's right. Okay, bye. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing.